Hello, I'm John Brink and we are podcasting on the brink from the capital of northern BC, Prince George. Beautiful day in Prince George, a little bit smoky around us, obviously so many fires throughout the province and smoke all over. Uh, understanding is that we will have more rain through the province, that's probably be good for fires in particular. and. Uh, Otherwise, uh, a nice fall day and approaching winter. We have a special guest today. Her name is Kyla Williamson. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And so we talked together, I think it was last November, the 20th, November, some, sometimes in November, and it was the Titans in Prince George, and you were one of the participants. I was very impressed with your presentation, and obviously you did very, very well. And, uh, you know, and since that time, all kinds of other things have happened to you. You set up your own business, and then some other things. So uh, let's kind of talk about uh, since you went to the Titans, made the presentation, which I thought was very impressive. Tell a guest about what you were proposing or what you were doing at the time and how did you take it forward? Wow, yeah, it seems like years ago, but really it was, it was just last November. Um, you know, at that point, I was, I, I feel like I was being torn. So I was, you know, homespun was a side gig for me. Um, I really was at a point where, um, I just I didn't know where to go with it. I knew that I either needed to grow, or or maybe give it up, and I, I wasn't willing to give it up. So I entered into this Titans Den competition, and you know when I look back at it, um, I truly believe that winning, um, just the support of one judge, that's what pushed me forward to today because I was I went there, just on the fence. And, and you know, as an entrepreneur, there's so much self-doubt. So when each judge believed in me and sponsored me to some degree, I, I believed in myself and I knew that this is what I had to do. So, so yeah, the Titan's Den was kind of a bit of a breaking point of like, you know what, I can do this. Other right. people believe in me, this isn't, you know, this isn't um, worth holding holding back anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you came out the winner of that yeah. presentation. I was there yeah. as one of the judges and uh, I thought it was, uh, you know, so well done. You were good presented and then what you were presenting was something unique. I want you to tell our watchers and our guests, uh, what were you proposing? Yeah. So I, you know, I, I came in there with my my totes of recycling um, before homespun and after. So basically one tote was, you know, what the average household products look like in our packaged in and it was full. And then I had another tote of the same products that homespun carries. And my hopes were that, you know, with, with sponsorship that I would just increase my online sales, just get the word out there that, hey, homespun, um, at the time I was operating out of my home, Homespun is going to deliver like, you know, all these sustainably packaged goods. And so what I was presenting was like, hey, this is a before Homespun and this is after. Um, and, and really, you know, those totes, you don't have to say much to see the impact. Um, There's of, no question about it. Yeah. It, I always remember because when I saw it and when you were explaining it, I said my wife should be here because she would believe in it. She watched the uh, the video afterwards, and uh, you know, and that's why I want you to talk more about it because mm -hmm. it's part of the future as to where we go uh, in terms of uh, you know your, your organization that you develop and then. You got a store here, but uh, you know the uh, uh, we we going to do the podcast, make a lot more people aware. We got anywhere between thirty, forty, fifty thousand people watching. That all are 
sensitive to the environment more and more so all the time. Mm -hmm. And then at some point I'm going to bring you back and I want you to take with you what you had then that evening and maybe some other day things since that time mm -hmm. to inspire. So this, the purpose of this particular podcast is to inspire them in terms of the idea, mm -hmm. the concept. The other part that I found very unique about it, I like Titan because what it did is, and you a perfect example of it, but not the only one. Many other ones have done in a way similar uh, in terms of giving them the courage and the idea of saying, this makes sense. Maybe I can build a business out of this and how can I do that? And then the other part that it did is I believe uh, we met after that uh, at least once, twice or uh, again, talking about your business ideas and what you could do and what it kind of would look like. And mm -hmm. I think it's so important to do that because, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur and you as an aspiring one and now an entrepreneur that has been successful, it's so important to share the ideas with others that we can develop the courage and saying, my idea is something that will work, can be successful. Mm -hmm. How do I go about it? And then the, a lot of entrepreneurs, and you be one of them, but a lot of entrepreneurs love to have people ask them questions. And then on the other hand, there's a lot of other persons that have ideas and are always think that they, uh, that is a burden to ask. And that is not so. Most entrepreneurs that I, that I know, you know, like the idea of how can we inspire somebody or help them maybe through some of the struggles that we want to and all of those kind of things. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, whether you're starting a business or you're in a business, you need to have someone to talk to, yeah. um, you know, to bounce ideas off of. Um, and yeah, to inspire you to collaborate with. Um, and again, you know, the Titans Den was that tipping point for me yeah. to actually speak to some people that, you know, know a thing or two or three about business. So yeah. really that was, you know, the catalyst of, you know, how quickly and I, I am, like how quickly I made it from then to, to today. Yeah. And, and then, so now, nearly one year later, you have a store on the corner of Fourth and Dominion. Fourth and Dominion, and Fourth Avenue is close by here mm -hmm. in Dominion, and it's called Homespun Refillery. Homespun Utility? Refillery. Re. Refillery. Yeah, refillery. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Homespun Refillery. And, and, and home. Why is it called homespun? Yeah, well, I think because it started from my home. Yeah. It was idea, you know, it was, there's a few reasons why I opened it, but you know, it, it spawned from my home and also um, the products that I carry. It's a catchy name. Yeah, that too. But the products yeah. that I carry are all your common home essentials. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so if somebody goes into your store, the store is open? It's Monday to Saturday. Monday, including Saturday? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and then, you know, the, what will somebody that goes into your store find there? And, and what ideas will they get when they walk into the store? Right, so um, you, as soon as you go in, it's, it's laid out in a sense that everything packaged is at the sides of the stores and everything that's available in like bulk or refill is in the center. And everything in there is eco-responsible products. 95% of the store is Canadian companies. Um, it's all your household essentials. I love it. Yeah, I love like it. Like everything yeah. you can ha we have refillable toothpaste. My wife would just love it. <laughs> <laughs> Hairspray, shampoos, conditioners, laundry detergent. Yeah. Um, refillable deodorants, you name it. All your essentials. Yeah. Yeah. And price-wise, competitive? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I actually take pride in my pricing because I, you know, I work with the 
these companies and pretty much everything there is suggested retail pricing. So we don't have things uh, marked up beyond, you know, what the suggested pricing should be from right. these manufacturers. And there is cost savings to refilling. So for example, like a, you know, an e if you're used to eco prices, you know, it doesn't shock you, but if you're using, you know, um, drugstore kind of brand stuff, then you will notice a bit of a price difference. But say a shampoo is $14 um, packaged, it's only eight fifty to fill. So there is savings once you've you're just buying the bulk product. So packaging. basically what you do, you take, uh, you know, container that you already have, or do they acquire one from you, they fill it up and then they keep reusing it, hence refill it. Correct, yeah. Right. There's a few options. Like The hope is that you know if you've got an empty dish soap container, you bring it in and fill it with the product. But if you don't, we, you can buy one from us, and a lot of it's packaged in glass, and then just keep refilling that. Not plastic. Yeah, we try to avoid plastic. Some of the shampoo, one shampoo line we carry is plastic because it, it, you know, it's in the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, but preferably not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can bring in any container and fill it, or you can purchase one of ours. Yeah. Or we also have a community uh, bin where jars have been donated, and you can you can take those for free and fill them up with the product and funnel it into your container at home. Yeah, too. very environmentally friendly, right? Yeah, is the operative, right? <clears throat> yeah. 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 These. Um, so I am very particular about which products are brought in, and they are all very very clean ingredient. Um, I've worked with these companies to make sure it's getting shipped sustainably. Um, yeah, there's so many layers to this business. It's yeah. not just a store full of stuff. It's, it's very mindfully curated and you know, a lot of research and testing goes in. So I try to bring in, like I've tested a hundred thousand products it seems like, but you know, you truly are getting, um, you know, quality effective product because I've I've tested it and uh, many many products to find ones that I feel are effective for eco yeah are there any other companies like yours here or elsewhere uh, not in Prince George um, I think one of our local health food stores does offer a couple products um, bulk which is fantastic um, there is a what is the thing with salt Pardon me, sorry? Salt, you said? Uh, no, the, in bulk. Oh, in bulk, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sold in bulk, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's um, offerings of refillable products in Mackenzie. Yeah. There's a full-on refillery uh, like mine in Smithers, Terrace. Um, there's offerings in Quenell. So they're popping up everywhere, whereas when I first started on this venture, you know, you could count on two hands how many there were in BC and now there must be 30 maybe 50 plus yeah are they following a model is is this something I always think entrepreneurial right. is this something that should be uh, you know franchised in some form or fashion um, a few of them have franchised actually um, Vernon I think is might be the first one in BC so it's called Phil, and there's one in um, Kelowna, and there's one in Vernon, yeah. Yeah. How, how, uh, are they associated with anybody? Not that I'm aware of. No. no. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so how has the business been since you started it? Really good, actually. So, you know, I did start, I opened, like Homespun started as like an online business. You'd place your order for, yeah. say, dish soap, and then people would pick up a a jar full of product off the side of my garage because um, it was during the pandemic, no contact, yeah. we're all sitting at home twiddling our thumbs. Um, and since then, so I had a good following, right? I yeah. had, and then now the storefront's been open for six months and every week it's like, it's, it's getting busier and yeah. busier and busier. And we'll now get busier for sure. And it's sure. going to get busier. <laughs> yeah, because we got lots of people watching. And I say, you must do this because I know, as I said to you, you won't believe it, but my wife would be just absolutely 150% saying, that is exactly what I'm doing and want to do more of. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah. you know, and, and obviously, you know, to, uh, you know, to, 
be environmentally conscientious. Uh, you know, the use of plastics is an obvious one, but then there are so many others where, uh, you know, she doesn't use anything unless she knows mm -hmm. what it is, where does it come from, and yeah. all those kind of things. That's right, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know and, and I believe that a lot of people are watching us and and if they go to even the ones that are not overly familiar with it should come to the store and and talk to you and your staff because they even if it is just for the purpose of understanding what you're doing and then the other part about it so important in my opinion is that uh you know the you know so much about it in terms of informing people mm -hmm. as to how and what and then gradually shifting over to being environmentally conscientious mm -hmm. so important right so important. and that's where we're going as yeah. a as, as a community and as a as a people really you know you know a, a perfect example is there's a, an article came out today about um, a few hair like big box hair care products and you know the ingredients are linked like known carcinogenic linked to cancer and that just makes my stomach drop because you know we only we have one opportunity here uh, you know to to like we have a choice on what we buy and it's so terrible that there are things on the shelves that can harm us and so that's another layer of this. Like, even if you, you can't remember your containers to fill, at least come in and, and consider using a, a cleaner, non-toxic product. Because we, if we don't have our health, we, we don't have much. That's all you have. At the yeah. end of the day, there is nothing, nothing more important than health yeah. and physical fitness, uh, mental and physical fitness. And that package together is health and health is directly influenced by what you use or absorb or whatever. Mm -hmm. I saw the article actually that you're referring to. I saw it on CNN and I was referring to hair straightener that, uh, you know, a lot of uh, dark people have curly hair mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and there was something about that that a lot of people thought it was the right thing to do to straighten it out. Yeah. Well, the stuff is toxic and has been linked to uterine cancers mm -hmm. and uh, you know and and some scary numbers of that yeah. a good example right mm -hmm. and there likely is many others right oh yes yeah and and that's the you know it's it's atrocious really that these products are, are you know put how on would, the shelves how would that happen really because are those products not being approved yeah if I, they are sold publicly well, I, I think the standards for some of the ingredients are just not, things aren't tested long enough and yeah. the standards aren't very high, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. But, but if you look at uh, the small reading on there and it says, blah, 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 toxic, what, you know? Mm -hmm. Or do people just not read it or is it on there at all? It's not on there, no. 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 It's no. Uh, a lot of chemical, synthetic ingredients right that are man-made or petroleum based um, you know a lot of the products are just full of them and you can only wonder the concoction of them what what that can do to, you know to our health when I first came here uh, from Holland in 1965 couldn't speak language didn't know a soul didn't have a job and uh, $25.47 got a job a cleaner man and then I got promoted and I got a job piling lumber. I piled lumber on the green chain for nine months. And the wood on the green chain, I knew it would be a matter of time I get noticed and say, this guy has potential, but it took a long time. But when I was doing that, the wood coming down the green chain was green, not dried. It was three by 10 or 12, 18 to 24 foot long. You had to pile it on a pile and then put strips under it. 
can you imagine how heavy that I was just I was not a big guy you know and uh, but I was strong and the wood was the danger with the wood was that it would develop mold if it was exported so they dipped it in PCBs so for nine months I was soaking wet from my toes to the top of my hair in PCBs Thanks. it's amazing I'm still alive really you know and and that's a no-brainer but then people didn't think all that much about it even the barrels 45 gallon barrels where the toxins came in it had a dead head on the side in yellow that said don't touch it don't come near it you know and uh, you know but I think we've come a long way but still not far enough because where we have to go is uh, we have to question the things and money a lot of times I'm not saying all companies are bad but a lot of times money is kind of overpowering and unless there is good checks and balances mm -hmm. then you don't know really what you're getting and then you need to be more informed yourself and, and the information is available and, and uh, so what would you suggest to a lay person kind of looking at the obvious in terms of being knowledgeable and informed? There's actually, um, it's called, it's the Environmental Working Group, so ewg.org. They have... Say that once more. ewg.org. Okay. It's a fantastic site full of resources about ingredients and you can actually type in certain products and it will score it and oh. it will say you know this is really high in this or the some of the ingredients are linked to these cancers and things so oh. you can actually um it has yeah just hundreds so any of product you're not sure of you put in ewd.org and then you it can, will yeah yeah okay. and you can I look like up that. products and if you can't find a product it doesn't it's a it doesn't have a lot of Canadian um, products, but you can type in ingredients and and because you know um, ingredients lists on on cleaners and things, it's their scientific name and they don't always sound fantastic. But if you type it in that site, you could say, oh, that's a plant-based surfactant. Right. It sounds like it's toxic, but when I look at it, no, it's it's coconut derived. So it's just a fantastic site that I recommend um, people take a look at. It talks about um, sunscreen it has talks about you know the you know the top pesticide sprayed fruits and vegetables and those sorts of things all yeah. it's lovely ewg.org okay yeah that's that's a good uh, for for our uh, watches good thing to mm -hmm. to get to know so where do you see this all going obviously you've seen it on your journey of the idea about it first that and then developing it in concepts as potentially a business and then obviously starting it as a business about a year ago and being successful where do you go from here oh that's a fantastic question i mean my heart tells me that you know we need another location um but there is only one of one of me at this time so i would like i would love to see another homespun i would love to see more refilleries pop up and you know in other cities as well because it's um i have to tell you so i tallied up you know so even op we opened april 4th and i tallied up to april to october 4th so six months in business and just what we filled in customer containers was just under 11,000 liters of product, 11,000 liters. And then the average container is about 500 mils, so that's 22,000 containers were not sent to the recycling depot, 22,000. Um, so 11,000 liters of product um, is circulating in our, you know, without all these plastic containers. And in six months, I have only sent four 20 gallon buckets to recycling, that's it. So a lot of these companies that ship me the product, they're responsible for them. So they, I ship them back or we rehome them. So just 
I just think like in six months, if we've seen that much, I can only imagine like one year, two year, three year, um, adding another location, like the impact that would have is just, there's just so much potential. So at the same time, you, you wonder, you're now convinced in your mind and in mine that it has huge potential. So it then becomes a question, okay, what then will that look like? You know, because mm -hmm. if you, which you likely will, double the size of your company, then, it, then you have to think in terms of location. Then the next thing you have to think about in terms of, does it have to be physical or does it have to be online? And what does it look like? And if it is online, how do you prep it and prepare it? And where does it all go? It has huge potential, mm -hmm. uh, Kyla. It does. Yeah. The way I see it, uh, you know. But then you you may have to modify or change. That's a good thing. Uh, change your model, you know, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think just for me, like I just I I wanted to be accessible to everybody. Yeah. So. That was a really, it was a really hard decision to make where to put this refillery. Um, I believe very strongly that your downtown is the heart of your city. And so that was my first, my gut feeling was, you know, times are tough in our downtown and they are all over the country, but you know, I feel like this, this business needs to start here. And I'm really happy with, with where I'm at. Yeah. Um, but I also know that, you know, that's not the most accessible place for a lot of people. So, right. um, you know, that is always on the back of my mind, yeah. you know, and the other thing is right now, like it's a small space. And so currently, you know, we, I have five staff, believe it or not. Um, it's, you know, it, it's not self-serve because we have all these containers, no, glass be, containers. Right? Yeah. But there are, there is a self-serve model that some other European refilleries have, have put together. Um, and that's, that's what I would love to do is, you know, you, a larger location with a self-serve option. So you'd come right. in, have this machine that would weigh your container and then you can just fill it up with whatever product. So that would, you know, make life easier for, for me because you would need less staff and yeah. the customer would have yeah. um, just a little tap to fill up their container. So yeah, my yeah. mind is always thinking about yeah. How do we make this more accessible? But I think location is 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 one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And self serve. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. And then maybe even and then see, I could go on and on, but like, what about a, a mobile truck? And I then want I you could to travel go on around. On. Yeah. 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 Because I thought, well, geez, wouldn't it be great if I could pull a trailer full of all the products and I could, you know, someone could, you know, stop at a restaurant and and fill all their containers and things like that. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the way it sounds to me is that, uh, and I'm just talking, right, so that uh, you're much closer to it, but, but makes sense to me. There's no question in my mind, as I thought, d the day that you were in front of us as a titan, listening to your presentation and showing the, what you were doing, the props were amazing because it told the story right there and then, and say, click, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. And then... The next one is likely, uh, you know, that I would say just from looking is that you don't have to be downtown because uh, they will come find you, you know, you get to that point and then that makes a lot of changes in terms of locations mm -hmm. and, and then uh, combine, uh, you know, your services initially on 50-50 prepared and the other self-serve and eventually self-serve, mm -hmm. you know, that sort of a thing. And then once you have the model that you say, okay, this kind of, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to because it's already being done elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And you see the right wheel, then from there on in, the potential is amazing, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. uh, that's how I would see it, you know. So. Yeah. I think one thing to add, you know, some people, they come in and say, oh, I've always thought about opening a refillery. And it's like, oh, that's like, I love hearing that because it means that they believe in, in what we're doing. But I, I will caution, you know, it's uh, not, it's not easy. <laughs> it no. is it, the amount of research, the amount of, 
back and forth with these manufacturers and the fighting about, not fighting, but like the back and forth of like, hey, you can't, you know, can you not ship it this way? I, you know, I'd prefer if we shipped it this way. Like it's just all consuming um, to, to manage all. But it's one parts. of those things that makes it exciting, <laughs> yeah. uh, Connie, in another way is that that's what I always say, entrepreneurship. They look at me and I got a, you know, I've been running this business for 47 years and have 12 companies or something. And you think that likely in, in other people's mind, they think all, all my time that uh, my time I'm spending on counting money and, and planning holidays. Yeah. Well, that's not what it is. Yeah. You know, it is that uh, laying awake in the middle of the night and wondering how we're going to do that tomorrow mm -hmm. and reinventing and inventing is something that extremely important mm -hmm. and and every business in a way is the same and so is yours because basically what you're doing is something that up to the time that you came to titans uh, fantastic idea but nobody else was doing it really that you knew of successfully other than a small way half a dozen companies maybe in bc uh you know that it was Pretty well a new business and uh, and that means you had to kind of start in building it from the ground up and that makes it very exhausting very difficult but at the end very rewarding mm -hmm. in terms of rewarding meaning not money necessarily but at least uh, you had an idea you brought it forward the success is already obvious and and sometimes it's so successful that you're running behind the company I always, I always talk about it in this way. My company, when I created it, it has a life of its own. And although I may own 100% of it, I'm chasing behind it all the time, mm -hmm. trying to catch up. And I have to make decisions because the company says to me, I have to grow. Mm -hmm. And I'm not ready, you know, because I'm already exhausted with what I'm doing. You know, so that kind of a thing. Yes. So you have to find this balance. And at the same time, Obviously, uh, uh, you have a very supportive family, and uh, you know which is critical. Yeah. You know, and uh, because uh, you know doing entrepreneurial things that are very demanding is hard on families, and it's very important for them to be on board, as they are with you, and uh, you know, and and that's important. But at the end, it is very exciting to see what you're doing, and uh, you know, and uh, then kind of going forward. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that really hits home. Um, yeah, without my family, you know, I just, it, I wouldn't be here. It wouldn't be possible. My husband is always there, you know, putting up shelves and building things and making, doing deliveries for me when I can't. And like, it's just amazing. My kids are there and they get dropped off every now and again and I get them to vacuum and dust. And yeah, it's just, I'm just so grateful to have such a supporting family. Yeah, yeah and especially, it's your dream, yeah. and they are there for you, right? Yeah. So the, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and so the interesting parts will now become, uh, where do you go from here? And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and as you already know, that uh, <laughs> the way I always kind of looked at it, that, uh, you know, that although we kind of endorsed it in, uh, you know, in, uh, as titans, you're always part of, uh, you know, saying, uh, if you have any things that you want to bounce by me or somebody else, then, uh, you know, you do that anytime, mm -hmm. you know, so. And I'd like to see what's going on next and where do you go because it's, it's such a timely uh, thing in the sense that that's what is going to happen. That's the world will be like mm -hmm. in the how aware of people will become and and it's a teaching part and learning part and uh, but it has huge huge potential that's how i see it you know, mm -hmm. so yep. yeah, now, we, now the other thing that's uh, tell me a little bit more about your past because uh, you know before you did all of this and you obviously were thinking about it for a long time already and then at one time you were working in the bank mm-hmm I'm one of those people I started working when I was 14. I started at, I don't know. <laughs> I was started because my sister worked at Tim Hortons. So I was like, you know what? I'm 14. I'll just, I'll tag along with her. So Tim Hortons, here I come, which is 
one of the best first jobs I could have ever imagined. Um, the management there is phenomenal and it still is. Um, so started working when I was 14 and then all through high school I worked one job or two jobs. By the time I graduated I was working three or four jobs. And um, But really, I really didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. So I just kept working and I worked lots of different types of jobs. Um, but I ended up always, you know, in customer service. Um, and I guess kind of, I think where a shift happened was I, um, I decided I didn't want to be in Prince George. I was in my early twenties. I, I was like, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to get away. I need to escape. So I moved to Kelowna. I was working at the coast hotel here at just at the front desk and I transferred to Kelowna and, um, and then I was thinking, you know, this is great, but I kind of like, I'm interested in finances and things. So I applied at one of the big banks there in Kelowna and I met my spouse in between and ended up, so I started at a big bank in Kelowna and then my husband had a house in Vernon. So we lived in Vernon for a few years and then we're both from here. So we ended up back You're here. Both what? We're both from Prince George. So we were like, yeah. oh, let's go back to Prince Did George. Did you know him before that? No, but he, he was from here. He was living in Vernon. It's, a, it's an interesting story in itself. Yeah. It's a funny, we went to high school together. Tell me about it. <laughs> oh, okay, so. sure. Let's get into that. Um, where do I start? When I, so I'd, I'd chosen to, to move to Kelowna. Yeah. And I worked at the Coast Hotel. Yeah. And they're like, there was an event. It's called the OTL, which is over the line baseball tournament. And they'd okay. always have it at the Rolodome. And they were short, <clears throat> they were really short staff. And they said, Kyla, can you please come help clear dishes? Because this is a big event. I'm like, okay, fine that wasn't my normal job. And so I go to this OTL event and I'm clearing up dishes. And, um, I guess Casey is my husband and one of his friends like, Hey, isn't that the girl used to call me Wednesday from high school? Cause I was really pale and had black hair. So isn't that Wednesday? They called you what? Wednesday? Wednesday, like Wednesday Adams from the Adams family. <laughs> I love where this, this podcast is going. Um, blast from the past. So anyway, long story short, he approaches me later on and says, do you remember me from high school? I said, no. But anyway, I have, had already taken the transfer with the Coast Hotel. He had a place in Vernon and then we kind of just started dating before I left and he ended up, you know, we connected again when I had moved down there. Um, down to? I was in Kelowna, he was in Vernon. So you moved to Vernon? I moved to Kelowna first. Yeah, and then? And he already had a house in Vernon. He was up here doing some school. Yeah. And so, so that happened, and then we moved up here and bought a house. Yeah. Um, and I stayed with When the, was that? Um, 2005. Yeah. Yeah. So then I, I um, was working at one of the big banks here as, as a lender. In Tegris? No, I started I was with TD Canada Trust. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And then I saw all these people, these other bankers having a lot of fun and out in the community. Yeah. And so I applied at Integris yeah. and I started as a teller there, but I didn't move into financial services with them, even though that's what I was doing at TD. I, I just shifted into more administration roles and then I, it kind of evolved into human resources. And, um, so I was, I was at the credit union for 11 years. And it's a long time. It's a long time. And I always, um, I know you had Allison on here um, a month or so ago. And, yeah. and I say, you know, the reason I left is because of you. Because the credit union values really, like working there for 11 years taught me what community is. Yeah. And I just aligned so closely to the values that they had that it really, it was undeniable that I needed to do something bigger than where I was at. Right. Um, so, you know, while I was working there and loving it, I just still had just a yearning to, you know, want to do better, like reduce our waste, use health, more helpful products. So then it yeah. became a side gig and the rest is history. When but did you get married? 2010. 2010 here yeah. in Prince George? Yeah, well, we ended up having the wedding in Kelowna, but yeah. Uh, why? Um, our first, <laughs> I know, our first date was at Summerhill Winery. So we decided, we're like, let's have a kind of a, a small wedding, you know, where we where we had our first date, yeah. our first real date in Kelowna. Yeah. So 
we uh, yeah had our wedding at Summerhill Winery and nice. we thought it'd be small, but everybody we invited came, which was amazing. So your family is here in Prince George? Not not all. His his mom and dad are here and sister, and I have a sister here. And my family, my mom and little sister, are in the Lower Mainland actually. Right. Yeah. How many kids have you got? I have two. They're um, Maeve is nine and Andy is seven. In May, but May. Maeve. Maeve. Yeah. How do you spell it? M a e v e. Oh, it's Irish. different, there. Yeah. 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 And she is nine? Nine. Yeah, and then... Uh, Andy. Andy is seven. She's seven, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, your husband's name? Casey. Casey? Yeah. Okay. What does he do? He works for BC Hydro. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and he works at... you. Uh, he's a... Uh, do you kind of say, hey, could uh, do this, do... No, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, he's so just... Yeah, I, I've, uh, he's just done it all, really. Like, yeah. you know, I, at Integris, I was always like an eight to four kind of a person. Yeah. And now, you know, he's making the dinners, he's picking up the kids, he's taking them to the, all, all that stuff. So things have really shifted for him and I in the last year, but um, it's just, yeah, I'm just so grateful. <laughs> you see, the, the point that I was making earlier is that what I believe is important in you kind of enforce that as well, is that entrepreneurship can be extremely rewarding doing things that you want to do. On the other hand, it can be also very demanding and, 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 and it's pretty critical that you have the support of your family mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, that sometimes it's seven days a week in long hours and then as a family you have to go through pressure that, uh, you know, and stress that comes alongside with it and, uh, you know, and the, and the support, especially in the early stages, is critical. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. On the other hand, uh, you know, the, uh, as, as you already saw, I wrote a book, Against All Odds, and I gave you a copy of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, not, so about, not so much about hurrah, hurrah, John but more about uh, you know, having a dream, having pursuing a dream and then falling down, starting up again, falling down and starting up again, and some of the challenges that go with it. And, uh, and I wanted to make sure in the book that I told the whole story, the good, the bad, and the ugly mm -hmm. that go with it. And there were periods that uh, you know, were extremely challenging. And, uh, you know, and then, the other part that was important to me is that uh, when I failed grade three and I failed grade seven three times and, uh, you know, and I kind of thought of myself as a failure, uh, you know, and then my dream was to come to Canada, build a lumber mill, mm -hmm. and it's all in the book. And, uh, you know, the, uh, and, and then it was not until I was 57 that I found this book and the books on fourth, opened the book and driven to distraction. I have no idea why I picked it up. I don't have no idea where I opened it and I started reading and I said, oh my God, that is me, ADHD. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and then I wrote in it and I, I kept reading and the guy that owned the store probably said, that, uh, are we going to buy it or what, right? So the, <laughs> you know, so I bought the book and I wrote in it and Dutch, now I finally know who I am. Right. And, but I always felt that I was a failure and then, then uh, you know, when I was, 50, that I was 57 when I had the book, it took me five years to talk to my doc about it. Mm -hmm. And then I was in the early 60s and then one day I came, and he was a friend of the family, he delivered both my daughters and... Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and then I came into his uh, office and he said, uh, okay, John, why are you here? I said, I think I've got ADHD. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh my goodness, you know, let's, uh, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. So we talked about it and then we came to the conclusion, I think you do too. Yep. But even then, the stigma, you know, was a mental uh, challenge, right? So the... Uh, uh, you know, the, uh, or defect, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, and 
So what am I going to tell my banker? Uh, you know, the, I got a mental thing, uh, mm -hmm. you know, but I want to have X amount of $100,000 from you. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. You know, so I, uh, so I was very protective. I didn't say too much about it. And then it, it took me some more time until about five, six, seven years ago, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, in particular, when I got the honorary doctorates of law's degree from the University of British Columbia, mm -hmm. I uh, incorporated it into my presentation that I did there. And, uh, you know, not only that, but uh, one of the things, uh, PTSD, because I was born during the war years, and as well as uh, ADHD. And then since the time, more and more I think about it, the more and more I checked on it, the more public I became about it. And mm -hmm. then I felt I had an obligation to write about it. Mm -hmm. And after I wrote, uh, you know, Against All Odds, which was a challenge, you know, writing a book is not all that easy. I'm a good writer, yeah. amazingly, but, uh, you know, there's a lot to it in terms of, okay, who's going to print it? Do you publish it yourself or get somebody else to do it? What does the paper look like? What should the cover be? And all the other things around it. Mm -hmm. So we, we did a good job on the first one, and because you can only write one autobiography, you cannot say, okay, well, that didn't go so well, so I'm going to do another. No, that doesn't work that way. Yeah. And then uh, wrote the, uh, against, uh, or the uh, ADHD Unlocked, and, uh, you know, the, uh, I don't know if I have a pen here or not. Maybe Scott can bring me a pen. You know, the... Uh, so th this is the one, ADHD Unlocked, and uh, I wanted to write it something special in terms of, uh, you know, the presentation of the book and then incorporated in that uh, the, uh, the things that uh, involve probably 10 different people that were exposed to it at the same time. And the one that wrote the foreword is Dr. Tracy Lotz. She's an MD, emergency surgeon, ADHD. Right. You know, and, uh, and a friend, and she wrote the foreword, but many others did as well. And it became a very, very uh, interesting book. So uh, I'm going to sign the copy and give you uh, this one as well. And then uh, Scott's going to give me the pen. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. And I'm going to sign it for you. Thank you. To, you have to just K Y. Yeah, L A. L A. Yeah, I think it's so important that you know we share our story and our adverse our adversities because you know we learn so much from like listening to other people's story, but also you know you can inspire someone and, and like I said again, going back to that Titan's Den. Just the fact that not only one person believed in me, but like five, um, you know, has changed my world. Changed my world. So yeah. yeah. So thank you for for writing a book. Yeah. About about that because it's it's so important that we share. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. And thank you for signing it. For yeah, me. <laughs> and and, and uh, I'm going to give you a copy of it and uh, as well. And then uh, you know, I want to make sure we stay in touch and. Uh, you know, because uh, from my perspective, uh, was not only last year uh, being part of Titan, to me that meant more than that, you know, so. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously be there uh, wherever you think in terms of support, mm -hmm. you know. So you also sent uh, an, 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 a video, and we're just going to watch that here, you know, before we uh, go. Start where you are. If you've got an empty dish soap container, just think, you know, I could go to Homespun and just fill it up. We do have a variety of choices, so you could just try a little bit of something to see if you like it before you commit to buying a full bottle of it. We're so here to help you make a transition to start to switch to more healthful, non-toxic products, if anything else. Um, and that's it. Start where you are. Start with one thing, just one thing at a time. I'm Kyla, this is Homespun Refillery, and we opened a storefront here in April of this year, so 2022. I started out of my home first. Um, I had a gap. Uh, we were looking to use more eco-friendly products, um, but what I found was my 
my garbage was empty, but my recycling bins were full. And so I, had, I knew that we were just shifting waste to recycling. So I was looking for options to have more healthful products, but also to not have so much plastic being shipped to recycling depots and some of them hitting the landfill. So I built a website and added nine products to it. And people would come, they'd place their order for say dish soap and they would pick it up off the side of my garage and uh, take home a jar and fill up, fill up their existing container. So fast forward, almost two years later, I couldn't, I couldn't keep my full-time job and this little side hustle going at the same time. So I decided that I would open up a storefront and leave my, my career of 11 years in human resources uh, behind. And here we are. The city of Prince George did a, um, it's called the Titan's Den, and it was an opportunity to pitch your, your either it was a business idea or your current business to a panel of judges. And, and I mustered up the courage to do so, and I presented in front of a, a group of local judges. Um, and I had brought a, a bin of, you know, before homespun containers, and then the homespun alternative. And I think, you know, that really um, demonstrated the impact that, you know, choosing um, more sustainably packaged goods, the impact it can have on, your, on your, your home, really. And they were all so supportive. And I think that was the catalyst of why I'm here today. Um, you know, when, whenever you're doing something as a secondary, so a side gig, I think there's a lot of doubt because it takes a lot of courage to leap and do it. And I think going on Titan's Den and being supported by that full panel of judges really pushed me, um, gave me the confidence I needed to start to think about what this would look like to actually bring it to life and away from the side of my garage. My wife loves you, right? So because I said to my wife, where is the garbage? We don't have garbage. Mm -hmm. oh, and, well, I said, well, where do I go with this? And, well, there's a little thing, you put it in there. <laughs> and even that is too much. Yeah. We don't have garbage. We yeah. don't do garbage. You know, so. yeah. And, uh, you know, thank you for being my guest. And, uh, you know, the, uh, we'll have you back again in the next six months or so. And then... I want you to take more props with you, but in the meantime, I know, I absolutely know, you're going to get very, very busy, and <laughs> even more so than you are already. So you have to kind of look at your model, because you can't get buried, so you have to make sure you stay ahead of it, and, uh, you know, and, uh, and anytime you need a sounding board, uh, I'll be there for you. Thank you so much. Just Thanks again for having me. Thank you.